This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, here we are. <laughs> we are. We're off, Kingy. We're off. We're off, dude. We're yes, off. This is a whole new side to our career. Yes, and, and character and personality, Mr. Myers, I think, as well. We're there to help and ridicule. I am Cy King. And I'm Dave Myers. And we are collectively... The Hairy Biters. Yeah, but we're, we're kind of not really now. We're, we're grown no. up. We're, we're agony uncles. Who talked us into this? Well, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, people in, in magazines, they have Virginia Ironside, Marjorie Proops, and, you oh, know, yeah. all, all this lot, where you take your problems, yeah. you know, and a problem shared, a problem half. Well, it's us now. Yeah, it's Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. You're going to write in with your problems, and we're going mm-hmm. to solve them. Not just well. fix them, solve them for you. It may be a little bit like a puppy juggling hand grenades with your emotions, but we'll have it a go, because life can be tough. And you know, Kingy, we've had our fair share of setbacks, as well as great successes, with illness, romantic disaster, divorce, chaos, mayhem, you know, the the odd personal problem. But a problem feels better when it's shared, and we want you to share your problems with us. That's because we're really nosy. Yeah, fundamentally, yes. This is how you get in touch. You, you, you email us at agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's quite an important email address, agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. And we'll attempt to answer any, and I mean any, problems, whether it's personal, something very personal, something a friend's going through, uh, or or, or no. not? Yeah, but or you know, just... it's not just about the kitchen. No, no, we're no. much more mature now. We're men of a certain age. We've been around the block a few times. We want to get to the nitty gritty. What's in your heart or your prostate? One of the two. Yeah, yes. there is that. Because yeah. whatever it is, you need help with. Right to Agony Uncles at HarryBikers.co.uk, and we'll be completely confidential if you'd prefer, wouldn't we? We don't need your names. We don't need any pack drill or anything. You know, you can be confidential. Rest assured, your secrets are safe with us. If you have that micro penis, we won't tell anybody. Dave, maybe we should start with each other. What what problem have you got today, Simon? I need to lose a little bit more weight because my said micro penis is actually. Um, well, it's under shadow. Right, yeah, yeah. Thing is, though, the, the answer's quite simple, Simon. Move oh. more and put less in your mouth and it'll drop off. Not your... But your weight will. Oh. That okay. was an easy solve, that. Smashing. What's yours? Mine is that, that that I have a bigger forehead than I had 10 years ago. What what can I do? Nothing. That that's That's really helpful. I suppose... See, from this, I'm taking back that I have to learn to live with it or else go to Turkey, go to Istanbul and have some plugs put in the front. Yeah, but then you're known for 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 you being you and then everybody would know that you'd been to get plugs put in your bonds. Yeah, but you see, I've got this gap in my tooth that's always bothered me and I could fill, get that filled. But then again, at my age, I don't know if it's worth bothering with really. Well, no. All right, I feel much better about that, Simon. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. We've even got our own jingle, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Press play. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. 
I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. That jingle's going to work its way into your psyche, isn't it? Every it's week, like, every yeah, week we're going to be doing this. There's a fresh podcast and that jingle will be there ingrained in your cerebellum. Not only the jingle will be ingrained in your cerebellum, but what about Jeeves? Yeah, we've been together with Mark Jeeves since Planet Rock, haven't we? And this is why we first got the idea for the podcast, because people used to write in with their problems. And being it's, Planet Rock, a lot of it was a bit off the wall, wasn't it? But it was blooming funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Mark, Mark, Mark's like our moderator, isn't he? He's like the voice of reason. We call him the thin white duke. You know, yes. he's, he's a mature voice, a mature hand. And actually... It's it's him that will get your letters and problems first. You actually send them to Mark because we don't know what your problems are till we hear them for the first time. See, so yeah. we want our responses to be from the heart. Well, sometimes from the heart. Sometimes you just need a slap and say you're stupid. You know, that type of thing. But it all builds up to the final problem, the juiciest oh. one, you know, the really, really plump one. That's in the confidential corner, which is always at the end. That's to keep you listening. We're not daft. We're not as green as my cabbage look. I know Dave. No. No, no. We might start off with telling you how to boil eggs, but by the end of it, it won't be eggs we're boiling, I tell you. No, no it'll be your brain. But genuinely, we don't see the problems before. No, no, Jeeves, he does though. And he's dressed like, um, I always say, every time I just use Mark's name, second name, in isolation, like Jeeves, I always think of him with like a, a, a silver platter dressed in a tuxedo for some reason. I don't know why. Like a servant. Oh, no, I would never say that. I think he's more <laughs> like a Danish dentist, you know, with the steely hair and that, that demeanour of trust. That's it, you can trust Mark and the steely glasses. You know, I will, yeah. do, your, I will do your feelings, I, yes. Let's listen to his dulcet voice. Which one do you want? Do you want the dentist voice or do you want the other one? Is I mean, you know, I can do the dentist, that is fine. Oh, yeah, quite like that turns me on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joy to be with you and I'm looking forward to being the voice of moderation and reason. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, we could have picked somebody better, to be fair, but you were the only one that was available. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a packed podcast because uh, we've got some really difficult things for you to have to deal with today. Oh, really? Well, we've got we've got uh, a life-changing decision. Mm. We've got good boy or bad boy. Oh. And we've also got a hairy horror story. Oh, my God. Yeah. Plus I'm- the obligatory look at some food as well. Food! Okay, we can't do this podcast uh, without talking about food and uh, there is uh, going to be a section in it every week called Food Makes It Better because food generally does make things better. Uh, Alan in Burkhampstead has uh, sent in a foodie question. He says, hi chaps, my wife wants me to eat more healthily so she's going to get me some tuna. I find tuna is as dry as a dry thing. So can you suggest a nice sauce to cook it in or any other ways to make it something to look forward to? Alan in Burkhampstead needs your culinary help. Alan, Alan, Alan. Tuna doesn't have to be dry. Step one, I suspect that your wife's buying cheap and nasty tuna. The one that says on it, make sure it's cooked through before you eat it. That's not good tuna. That's like... You know, it's that will be like cardboard when you cook it through. It's not how you do it, is it, mate? No, I mean it. it Maybe buy they may be buying tuna in a tin, as well in brine. 
And that's not well. I mean, I don't think she's that daft though. You wouldn't try and cook can. We can cook can tuna. It's uh, very very uh, nice with pasta. Yeah, that is true. But we have, we have something that's rather heavy called a hernia, and it's basically <laughs> lots of <laughs> lots of uh, yeah mayonnaise and sweet corn. No, no, no. You have a recipe for tuna called the hernia. In our last book, Everyday Winners, and we're not out to sell books on this podcast. Absolutely not. We have your version of it and my version of it. Yes, my version of it is a light, tasty, Sardinian-inspired masterpiece. <laughs> Yours, however, is like yeah. a jolly wet dream. It's filth. It's great. <laughs> Do you remember though when we were in a place called Carla Forte in Sardinia? And then we actually went to a tuna fish restaurant where they cooked a tasting menu with different cuts of tuna fish. The tuna is like a pig. You can eat every part of it, including its testicles. We had tuna testicles and it was very nice with a bit of soy sauce, wasn't it? They boiled for, boiled for about an hour, cuts, you know, cut on the bias and then just yeah. dipped in sauce. That was a really nice way to eat tuna, but I don't think you can get those in the local supermarket. And who was to know that tuna had testicles? But we did find out that the male tuna has something similar to the testicle. Indeed. Oh, whoppers, aren't they, as well? There's a lot of meat in a tuna testicle. It was, yep. Yep. But you see, there's different cuts, like the belly was very, very soft. But whereas things like the, the, the there were certain parts of the tuna that were much better suited for making like a stew. No, it's just like good tuna. You get really good like sashimi-grade tuna. Oh, it's a gift from the gods. You don't really need to cook it. Just have it raw. That won't be dry. That'll be juicy and nice. Or a Hawaiian poke bowl where you get the tuna and just put it in like lime juice and soy sauce and some sesame oil and just have it raw with, with some veggies and onions and scallions. You know, or a tuna tataki. You know, I like saying tataki. No, look, there's loads of things you could do with tuna to make it more exciting. It's one of those, Dave says, it's one of those great wonders of cuisine. Um, doesn't particularly go well with a cream sauce, if that's what you're thinking. But uh, it, it, it's, you know, there's lots of other creative elements. There's a vitella tonato, which is one of the masterpieces of cooking. It's like, it sounds terrible. If you can get our recipe, it's brilliant. You get a piece of shoulder of veal, poach it through, and in the poaching broth, you make a mayonnaise and with tuna. So basically, you plaster your poached veal with this tuna and caper mayonnaise. It's fabulous. Vitella mm. tonato. That's not dry. Oh, no, that's definitely not dry. Do you remember that time we, when we were working as film crew, Kingy? <laughs> yes, I know what you're going to say, yeah. <laughs> tuna can be deadly. It's true, the caterers did tuna for lunch. And then there was this roll call where the first assistant director said, everybody gather around, everybody gather around. If you had the tuna for lunch, take a step forward. And they all did. Well, what was special about the people who stepped forward, Simon? They all had big red heads. It's not a joke. It was on oh. Catherine Cookson. Everybody that had tuna, they oh. got whisked away in a bus to hospital to be, be full of, you know, they'd had this amphipolactic reaction against the tuna. And um, they must have been particularly uh, dodged tuna. I don't, I think some, it, I think it was mercury from memory. And what happened was, yeah, there was like, because there's a natural, I don't know, something, but it, it, it tuna and mercury, sometimes go hand in hand apparently but um yeah so i don't know whether it was dodgy tuna or just a natural occurring phenomenon <laughs> it's really it was funny the people went proper bright red yeah they did 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just remember that there was a couple of red-headed people. Yes, red. Yeah. And they looked really quite peculiar, really. They were like a swan vesta match, weren't they? I, no, that wasn't good. So, listen, uh, tell your wife to buy some spam instead of safer. Food makes everything better. Uh, you can have a look at some of the recipes on hairybakers.com. It's uh, have a wander through for inspiration and loveliness. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk, don't get drunk, just send an email to the Agony Uncles. This is an interesting one because I think this is something maybe a lot of people are facing at the moment, and it comes from Nathan, who just says he's in the northwest of England. That's probably best. Nathan says, Dear Uncle Cy and Uncle Dave, which is now what you must be known as at all times, of course, I'm 54 says Nathan, and by this age I shouldn't need life advice, but having read your autobiography, I reckoned you might be the ones to give it. Well, life does start at 50. This is very true. He says, after a few years of bumming around in various jobs in my early 20s, I joined my local authority accountancy department as a junior clerk in 1992, and since then I've been an accounts clerk, a junior accountant, a senior accountant, and now I'm the lead accountant. I'm still in the same building I started in, at virtually the same desk. My colleagues are nice. I'm paid well, but I'm utterly, utterly bored. Because I started working later, I won't qualify for my full pension until I'm 67. But the thought of doing this for another 13 years is incredibly depressing. Indeed. All the time I've been doing this job, my main hobby has been rebuilding a camper van I lived in when I was broke and jobless in my 20s. It's a 1973 VW camper, you know, the traditional sort of thing. And he said, during lockdown, I finally finished it. It's a lovely thing. And now it's finished, it's created a major dilemma in my life. While I'm fit and healthy, my dream is just to jack in my job and see as much of the planet as I can in my remaining time, especially now as travel is starting to get a bit easier. But if I did this... I would give up my final salary pension, which is the bit that freaks out my wife. What do you think, says Nathan? Is it mad to feel this way? Over to you. Right, you've had this meteoric rise to the top in the world of accountancy. How come you haven't worked it out that you should retire when you're 55? If you were that good an accountant, you'd have it all sorted by now and it wouldn't be an issue. That's what I'm I'm thinking he didn't start till he was late, did he? He did what we did. He worked his way up. And then, you know, what we like, we look at each other and go, how's your pension doing? You know, and I mean, it was only 10 years ago that you went, Kingy, get a pension. You know what I mean? So Yeah, but we're not accountants, Kingy. We're not accountants, mate. Do you know no. what I mean? We've always no. been, we worked in the film industry and worked yeah. as film crew. But, you know, well, we, we had to chuck that really big before it chucked us. I've got it, Dave. Right. What he does... It's called embezzlement. To top up his pension, legs it in the camper van, leaves no forwarding address and spends the rest of a very exciting existence on the run in a 1973 VW beer camper van. I know that because I've got one. I had one, but I flogged it. Yeah, yeah, that's always, yeah but they're a bit sad, aren't they, those camper vans, I tell you. Well, I'm not a getaway vehicle, other, you know. No, you know? no, I always remember yeah. seeing you in yours because you're six foot two, man, and you filled the windscreen. You like those pickle people. <laughs> But there again, you know, do it while the time's right. You're a long time dead, Nathan. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, I think that's it. I think the thing is, look, and I think there's a lot of people that's had this dilemma through COVID because it's been an incredibly difficult time. And actually, I was reading an article the other day about burnout in the 50s. And um, 
and there is that element of just like I'm so there's three three stages to burnout apparently um, one is overstimulation and one is just simple and utter boredom which is you know fair enough you know an accountant's not the most exciting thing to do is it you know what I mean I mean or due respect. When I was at university, like I was at my art school and, and the arts and the music were always really kind of conservative. It was the accountants that were out the heads that oh, were having yeah. a really, in the golden age of punk, you should see the accountants, you know, doing the pogo. There could be another way of looking at this. I mean, that's what we, we changed things. We jumped our career. In fact, I always remember when we went to the BBC after the first two series didn't exactly set the world alight. And we oh. met with a commissioner near the controller of BBC Two, who met us with the immortal words, lads, do you have any contacts in your day job? Um, and on that moment, I did think we'd, we, 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 we were in the shit, really. Well, I'd lost the use of me bells, I think, if I remember rightly at that point, because I was thinking, oh, right. Um, so, look, seriously, though, I think you've got to go with what your heart tells you you want to do. If your kids are up and you can manage... Because you didn't want to be eating cat food, did you? When you're like, you know, you kind of get into your camper van anymore. So it's a balance, I think. It's the yin and yang of existence. How does this sound? Work for another five years with an exit plan, knowing that's when you're going to do it. And then work to that aim. That means your wife's kind of happy and she understands where she's going to be. And all her insecurities are sorted. And you're happy because you haven't got 13 years of complete abject misery and torture to do with numbers. Yeah, I, I don't know where you're coming from, Kingy, but I always keep thinking back to Breaking Bad in this instance. Now, that's oh. a man who turned his tedious life around. Yeah. He had a camper van. He was cooking crystal meth, though, dude. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit extreme. You couldn't do that in a VW camper. I've tried. No, you haven't. No, you I haven't. haven't. We have to be honest, Simon. I am. I am being honest. The worst thing you I'm cooked in your camper van is that half a stone of potatoes that I gave you from the garden. And I have to say, that was epic. I was, I was thinking, if I, oh God, they were so good. My homegrown potatoes are better than oh. crystal meth. Can't put butter and mint on your crystal meth. But Nathan, 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 it's all about you, not about us. Oh, yes, I think course. you should go for it while you've still got your health, the, the vitality, the chance. And you know, I'm sure being an accountant, you've got something squirreled away, perhaps that your wife doesn't know about. Or maybe that's the start. Go on Kingy's five-year plan and start ah. sidestepping some money away into a little account she doesn't know about. Then you've got your exit strategy, you see. It's all ah. about planning life, isn't it? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready for problem number two? Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. Oh, yes. We're just getting warmed up now. This is, um, this is called Bad Boy or Good Boy. <clears throat> it comes from, uh, I've, I've changed this lady's name. Her name is Helen. It is now anyway. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, there's a song that my mum used to play, Torn Between Two Lovers. Well, that's me. I'm a woman in my early 40s. Divorce once, a messy divorce that ended up costing me a lot of money. So since then, I've not committed to any one person. And that's been fine up until recently when I've been seeing this guy. Let's call him Martin. Martin is, that's actually his name. Martin is completely lovely. 
He's very romantic and kind. He works in social services, so he's a really decent bloke. If he says he'll pick me up at seven, he's there at five to seven. And he does all those little things like open the car door for me. I feel really special when I'm with him. My best friend asked me to describe him in one word, and that one that springs to mind is dependable. She's also asked me about our love life, and being honest, he's not a very exciting fellow in bed, but he's very gentle and reassuring. Problem is, before Martin, I was seeing Russell. If there's an opposite to Martin, it is Russell. If Russell said he'd pick me up at seven, he'd arrive at nine, probably on a different day. Most of the time, he didn't show up at all, but he'd ring a couple of days later and come up with some excuse about his mum being ill or his sister needing something. The problem is, when we were together, it was the most fun, the most wild, the maddest, the most unpredictable time imaginable. One time he picked me up and drove me to the southernmost tip of Cornwall, where he'd managed to blag an old lighthouse for the weekend. It was wild and stormy outside, but the same inside, if you know what I mean, and, well, it was amazing. When I'm with Russell, I feel alive. In the end, he got so unreliable and things were starting to happen with Martin, so I stopped messaging Russell, but he still calls or texts me, and every time he does, I, I feel this pull to just get some of that mad, bad excitement. And I've been close to calling him a couple of times around 2am when I've had a drink. I really like ice cream. And Martin is like a vanilla scoop in a cone, whereas Russell is a double cone, Mr. Whippy, with two flakes and hundreds and thousands on top. <laughs> I need your help to choose the right ice cream. Over to you. What, what was the lady's name again? Well, we're going to call her Helen. Helen. So, all oh, right, it's incognito. Well, all I can say is that you're comparing Russell to what, in a sense, is a human knickerbocker glory. And as you all know, if you consume that rapidly, you'll be thrown up, you know. Um, I, I, I always... Why is it that women go, for a lot of the time, for somebody who treats them badly? Or conversely, why do men go with women that sometimes treat them badly? I've never understood it. I think, Helen, you, go, you, you should grow out of it and go with Martin, you know? Go with Martin. Dependable, polite. He's the one in your old age that's going to keep you warm in bed. Well, Russell, what will Russell do? Russell will be out with somebody else. Or when he's past that, he'll be out with his mates in the pub. But Martin, Martin will be there. He'll be bringing you tea and crumpets and your custard creams. And to be fair, Helen, that's what you want. Helen, this is a major issue, isn't it? What you actually want is a mix of Martin and Russell. Martin is too safe. Russell is too wild. You mean kind of like muscle? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Instead of getting stuck between two stools, walk round the space, you see, and then find somebody else. Because if he's too boring and he's too mental, then you're not with the right one, are you? So it's not that odd. Um, get a grip of yourself. Give yourself a drink. Delete both the numbers and go and look for somebody else. Oh, but it's not that easy, Simon, in affairs of no. the heart. And you know it so well. I, I, I do. I you know do, it very you well. You do. It's easy to get addicted. It is. With Martin, she might be comfortable. You know, like those slippers. You think, oh, it's nice. But, you, uh -huh. know, you know, you can't exactly go hiking in them. But then, of course, uh -huh. there's Russell. A bit of a firework display. Yeah. When you've had enough of your bangers, you know, you, you, you knock it on the head as well. Yeah. I think, you know, it's about, actually, and I mean, I know, look, we're, we're being a bit of a, we're having a bit of a giggle about it, because it's, it's not about what you want on the surface of it all. Who gives you that communication and, and, and bit of emotional intimacy that, 
that nobody else can and that understands and has the same emotional language as you, wants some of the same things, not everything, and is willing to compromise a little bit more than the other. Because long-term relationships are about compromise, aren't they? And knowing. Sounds like Martin's the one then, from what you're saying, Si. It sounds like (sighs) Russell's a bit of a bastard. Well, yeah. Russell, yeah. I mean, I know what she means. Like, it just makes you feel alive and, like, you know, up for the crack. But it's a hard one. I struggle with this a lot. That's why I'm on my own with my dog. <laughs> well, maybe that's the answer. Yeah. Jack and both in else. and get a dog. Oh, yeah. Since COVID, there's plenty of animals need rescuing. I mean, you've got to, got to jump through the hoops for that, though, dude, as well. It's not easy. But something like a Jack Russell could solve all your problems. Yeah, yeah. Jack Russell and 400 poo bags. Perfect. Yeah, we only need little poo bags for the Jack Russell, so it doesn't have to be that, that, that bad, really. Or, or indeed, ah. you know, not that tying, because if you have a Jack Russell, you go out when you want, go in when you want, you know, it, it, and, and they can be nippy as well. So that you know, a Jack Russell, you know, not that I'm decrying the breed, but, you know, a bit like Russell, the Jack Russell. Do you get I that? I saw what you did there. Jack Russell can bite, so there is a sense of excitement. But on the other hand, Having a pet, Jack Russell, can be like Martin. They're on the sofa at night with you. Do you know what I mean? That's the answer. Get a Jack Russell. Could get a Jack shit. That would be even better. <laughs> a friend of mine's got one of those. It's crossed between Jack Russell and Shih Tzu. And it's yeah. called a Jack shit. It's a very peculiar looking dog. Do you remember there was a, years ago as a kid, there was a comedian like Charlie called Charlie Drake. I do. I swear it's a live and breathe. The dog looks like Charlie Drake. Hello, my darling. Ah, oh, lovely. If we could meet Helen, we'd probably be able to answer this better. Yes, that's pro- it's probably best that you ask that because you're married. If I asked that, I'd get I'd, I'd be up in court. Well, maybe so you should get Helen's person. number. Maybe you're the one for Helen. I'm not. Why not? <laughs> you could be the like Malcolm in the middle. You could be the one that she needs. Yeah, the Simple. one that I want. <laughs> Helen, send your picture in to Mark Jeeves. <laughs> Oh God! This is good. This podcast's just going to get out of hand, isn't it? Jeevesy, you need to be the, the the voice of God. Come on, get a dog. Appears to be the advice that you're giving there, which is fantastic. Give up men and get a dog. Oh, you see, I think we're doing quite well. You know, I think we're clearing up a lot of the maelstrom of life now. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony, uncles, a line. So it's time to go to our final problem for this uh, edition of the podcast uncle sign uncle dave and this is in confidential corner so i'll need your help here because i need uh, i need a name of a man and a name of a woman because they're to be changed so please what would you want um donald and beryl <laughs> <laughs> why did you go for donald and beryl i mean we'll have them but you know why well because nobody's ever called that anymore are they? I think they'd be an interesting couple though if I met a couple called Donald and Beryl what car would they drive Donald and Beryl oh uh, Volkswagen Beetle but the original looks look one we'd be done up and rotten rotten and rusty ah, yeah. it'd be Donald's pride yeah. and joy and he's yeah. got he's, he's, he's got an electric arc welder that, that he had for years and he does it himself yeah. what does Beryl do of an evening watch Donald <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just, it's, this is, you know, you're going to have to put those images out of your mind now because it, the, the actual confidential corner this week is simply entitled A Hairy Horror Story from Beryl. Oh. Dear, oh. dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, oh dear. as you're both quite hairy, facially at least, I need your help. Yeah. Hmm. Having been single for a long time, raising my two children, late last year, I decided to go on to the dating game. 
I did it online with the help of a couple of friends, and it's fair to say that it's been a bit of a horror story. However, my friends had warned me about online dating, so I didn't know what to expect. Uh, Roll forward six months, and I finally got together with a really nice man. His name now apparently is Donald. So she's now together with Donald. Nice. She says, we're taking it slowly as he's he's been burned in the past as well, but we've had a few nice meals and some gentle cuddling on the sofa, and we decided to go away for a night to a hotel in the Cotswolds. <gasps> It's fair to say I was very, very nervous, as I haven't slept with anyone for well over eight years. But I had the encouragement from my friends and from Donald himself. Oh. And actually, Donald is very gentle as a person, so I put my nerves to one side and I went for it. The hotel was lovely. The meal was lovely. The room was lovely. And as the evening wore on, I grew more confident. The wine helped a bit, too. But I wasn't out of control. Just that slightly warm, agreeable, fuzzy sort of feeling. Of course. No. It was only once we finally got into bed that the shock came. Oh. I'm not hugely experienced when it comes to naked men, says oh. Beryl, oh. but nothing prepared me for this. Oh. He was the hairiest man I had ever seen. Oh. It was like going to bed with a womble. Better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his chest was hairy enough, but his back was like a rug, a whole back full of short, tight, curly hair. Because he's kind and lovely and we'd both had a drink or three, he was quite happy to lie there and hold hands until he fell asleep, but... I was awake all night just waiting for the moment when he put his shirt back on. I really like him, but have no idea what on earth I can do. My best friend says I need to tell him to get it waxed or the whole thing's over. But what would that feel like as a man? Please help. Beryl. Get it waxed, Donald. Get it waxed. Get it off. Either that or get yourself a... I've seen them on, online. They call a manscaper. And they're like uh, clippers. But but they don't, you know, I think they're meant for your privates. But, but you know, you can do everything, but you don't cut yourself. But there again, it's not in the problem. But waxing, but, you know, I used to work as a makeup artist for many years. Well, what I did, what a lot of people do is, in America, there, there are quite a lot of film stars that have, well, their backs are like doormats. But what they do is, they have like electrolysis that removes 75% of the hair. So they just leave a little bit, like, to look manly, but then you don't look like a gorilla's armpit. You could suggest that, although it would cost a few quid, Beryl, and that I don't know how if Donald's set up financially to do that. Or you could wax. I waxed your back once, didn't I, Simon? Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But not properly. I looked like a chessboard. You see, I put the wax strips down randomly. Do, do you know what I mean? And the thing is, cost... We only went to do one. It was for a laugh for a little film. But I slapped about six on because I knew that once they're on, they've got to come off, haven't they? So then... His back looked like, I don't know, like Jenga. Do you know what I mean? With all these bald stripes. But, you know, you, you, he's, he's going to have to put with the pain to be with you, Beryl, because you sound really nice. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? And, and yeah, I mean, it, it could be the first you know, a point of commitment from Donald. You know, excuse me, you're a hairy git. Would you mind shaving it all off or getting electronics? I know what he could do. The manscaper. On his back, he could get his best mate to go, I love Beryl. So, you know, just leave the hair in that sort of way. I love Beryl. So next time he takes his shirt off, Beryl feels smashing and he has, he's got some hair left. 
you know. And when oh, I was a student, oh. my friend Graham, and he is called Graham, he had really <sighs> abnormally hairy legs. And do you remember in the old days, the old-fashioned rugby socks were like hoops? Yeah. Like that, horizontally up the legs. Well, yeah. anyway, we drunk one night, so I shaved his legs in hoops, so it looked like when he's wearing shorts, he had rugby <laughs> socks on. His girlfriend went mad. Yeah, oh, yeah, fair that enough. was quite a good look, really, in the golden age of punk. Yeah, nice. No, no, just yeah. get it off. It'd be more hygienic as well. But think, think, Donald, when you sweat, it's going to gather, isn't it, in your mat? Yeah. Yeah. No, it put me off as well. Yeah, I, yeah, it put me off as well, to be fair, Beryl. Just say shave or, or I'm going to dump you. Yeah, Beryl. it's 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 a problem that can be solved practically. Yes. And the practical solution will, I think, yes. repair the emotional damage that you've obviously went through. Yeah, well, yes. Is there anything about him? I want to ask Beryl. Are there any parts that aren't particularly covered in hair? Because if, if it's a three 360 degree approach to her suitness, then he's really going to have to think carefully, really. And I mean, to be fair to Donald, you cannot see your own back, can you? And if he's been single for a while, it might have just got out of hand. You know, you know, it'd be like he'd probably find Dr. Livingston in there and some lost tribes of the Amazon. You know, he's got, you know, you scratch your back and you go, bloody Nora. You Imagine if he had nylon sheets, if he slid up and down, he'd blow up, wouldn't he? We start. Well, you'd be it. He's there. He's there. <laughs> Whoa. I wonder what he's, I wonder what he's, you know, he's, you know, that sort of areas like, he must trim that. Everybody trims, surely. Do they? Do they? It is interesting she described him like as a womble. It must be like going to bed with Uncle Bulgaria. Litter picking. No, no, he can be clean. Let's let's not be down on Donald. Well, obviously, no. Beryl's not down on Donald. Donald's no, Wait, no, no, nobody's Beryl, down Beryl. on Donald. No, I think for a while, the sound of it. Beryl wants to make it work. And that's, yes. I mean, you know, wax your back. Or... Yeah, either that or go in a salon. If you've got money, get it done. Electrolysis, then that's it. End of problem. Electrolysis apparently is permanent. Oh. Aye, but it doesn't have to be like a clean sweep. You know, you can be selective and have a percentage done. Who does that for a living? Well, all I know is that the one, the, the film stars that I met from Hollywood, there's a lot of people in Beverly Hills making a very good living out of it. Really? No, because if you're an action hero, you don't want to go on there looking like Uncle Bulgaria. Likewise, you don't want to go on there looking as if you've got alopecia of the spine. You want a bit of a bit of a fur on, and it is perfectly possible. I could tell you which actor I'm thinking of, but we'd get sued. And it's been a rough year on the financial front so far, so we better keep quiet. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at theherrybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, The Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles. We appreciate it. And please, we want your problems. We want to help. And join our little club and 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 look the best way to do that is uh, is email us uh, well actually uh, uh, mr jeeves and us at uh, agony uncles at the hairy bikers dot dot uk that's agony uncles at the hairy bikers dot dot uk we love you we want you tell us everything and remember, there will be a new episode next Friday. Remember to follow or indeed subscribe. Subscribe.